Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to My Favourite Takeaway, the show for people who love food but can't always muster the effort to cook it. I am Tom Crane, and with me, as always, is the wonderful but slightly ill Simran Shah. How are you, Sim? Don't tell them that. <laughs> they can tell from how nasal you sound, though. No, you shouldn't tell them that. Okay. They'll never know. They would never have known. It's okay to be It's okay to be vulnerable and weak occasionally, Simran. <laughs> Don't say weak. You can say vulnerable, <laughs> but it's, like, it's, like, it's like okay to be weak. <laughs> I'm looking at you on screen. You're in your bed, in your pyjamas, what seem to be your pyjamas, tucked up, recording this. You, you've never looked weaker. I think I look like a sexy man. (laughs) (laughs) I should just briefly explain, by the way, to listeners, we're doing this uh, remotely on screen. I'm not in bed with Simran. We're sort of doing a double record. That's how we do it every week. We tuck up in Simran's bed. We pull up the covers. (laughs) We do the opening link. It's it's like Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street. Is that what they were called? A pizza box between us. That's it. (laughs) What a way to live a life. And I love it, Sim. Wouldn't change it for the world. It's like Tracy Emin's bed, but it's just got takeaways (laughs) everywhere instead. (laughs) <laughs> and, and far less artistic merit. Sim, as always, we've had some brilliant correspondence. We want to kick off the show with some of that before we go into our interview. Um, there's one piece of correspondence that's come in this week that's really caught your eye. What is it? Josh Smith emailed us and said, Hi guys, I'm an avid takeaway orderer, whether it's delivered to the office or to home, and I'm always on the hunt for discounts. Aren't we all, Josh? Aren't we all? However, is it just me? Or do you use a discount as a way to save money? or to order extra dishes and then end up getting more food but spending the same amount of money anyway as you would without a discount. So the question is, when you get a discount, are you saving it to spend later or do you end up buying more? What do you do, Crane? I'm definitely someone that will use the discount as a way to order more. There's one thing, it's not quite a discount, but there's a thing that really annoys me about my local Chinese takeaway, which I always get caught by, which is the fact that when you order... 20 quids worth of food, you get the free prawn crackers. This is their freebie. This is their discount they do, okay? The issue is they then charge £4.80 for a packet of prawn crackers. So I have to constantly get up to this amount to get the prawn crackers, even though I don't really want to spend that much. And they've also clearly, there's some kind of algorithm. They've got some genius with a whiteboard who's working it all out. They've, They've priced things, so it's basically impossible Whatever order you put together, it's always like £19.80. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> I don't know how they've done it. So you have to order too much to get over the 20 quid to get the prawn crackers. Because I also resent paying £4.80 for, for prawn crackers. That feels on a certain level like wrong. And I can't have a Chinese takeaway without them. That's not going to happen. I literally, the idea sends me panicked. That's my stress. I feel that stress. What about you? What's your, what about you, Sim? I was just thinking about this and I thought maybe I do do that. I'm a natural over-orderer. Right. I never I never underorder and I never get it just right. I always <laughs> overorder. But if I have got a discount or if I've got credit, say, because there was a mess up with an order, I won't spend more with the money that I've got rather than use up the credit. Okay. But what I will do is keep it there and then when I order again, remember, oh God, I've got a credit. Oh. How brilliant is that? Yeah. And yes, it might only be two pounds thirty. But I tell you what, it's half to get in prawn crackers. <laughs> That's so true. That feeling of having credit when something's gone wrong and they've paid it into your account is 
for me, a thing of wonder. I don't know why it feels like it's such a sort of golden ticket. It obviously feels like it's got two thousand pounds. It does, yeah, there. exactly. It's, it's pathetic. Swaggering <laughs> around East London. <laughs> I am doing well tonight. Like a Rockefeller, exactly. Yeah, I am in the black. Waking up throughout the night to check it on my phone, just have a quick look before going back to sleep again, <laughs> giggling to myself. It's like payday. It is like payday. <laughs> so, are there things? in the world of takeaways that annoy you guys. So Josh Smith is clearly annoyed by the fact that these discounts mean that he always spends more than he expected to and orders more than he hoped to. Are there things in the world of takeaways that annoy you? Please send them our way because we love to hear from you. Um, You can email us on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com or you can follow us on Instagram, which is myfavoritetakeawaypodcast. If you're on your phone now, grab it give us a follow. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And also do spread the word. Your support means so much. We're now in series three and we love the fact that you're sticking with us and telling people and please keep spreading the word. Give us a five-star review. Do all those wonderful things that people do online. It means the world to us and it really helps the show. And this week, Sim, we have a brilliant guest, one of the nicest people I've ever met, I'd say. Just what an absolute joy of a person this is. Who is it? So this week we have uh, Dr. Ranj, also winner of ITV's Cooking with the Stars. He's a lovely man. Absolutely delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very delightful. And it was a great chat. And uh, Randrush has a new book coming out in May. It's called How to Be a Boy and Do It Your Own Way. And it's a pretty empowering guide, I think, for all boys to discover who they are and be the best they can be. And do it with sort of understanding and compassion and kindness. Things I think we could all learn from. Right, Tom? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Feels a bit pointed, but yes, bullseye, absolute bullseye. Uh, Dr. Andrew with a joy, and here he is now. So, I am delighted to say we are joined by the wonderful Dr. Ranj. How are you, Doctor? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, I'm very good. I feel slightly bad, because... For our listeners, to explain where you're sat at the moment, you're sat in what seems to be a really lovely sort of plush <laughs> hotel room. You should be watching Love Island, kicking back, <laughs> relaxing, <laughs> rather than doing a podcast. And I'm really sorry about that. So you're in your hotel room at the moment, and you have on the background a fake fire flickering on your TV screen to make it look as... <laughs> I noticed that. Did you turn on the fake fire, or was it there when you entered the room? Don't make fun of me. Sometimes, just for a bit of ambience, I do this at home as well. It's on YouTube. There's loads of fake fires on there. You can put it on and it just makes the whole place a lot more cosy. You can watch Fake Fire on Netflix mm. and it's an hour and a half and it's directed by somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whole load of credits and it's just one fire for an hour and a half. There are things that I do, actually, which are very much in keeping with this. And you two can tell me if this is weird. The first thing I really enjoy to help me get to sleep, I listen to a, a, tw- a 12-hour video of an oscillating office fan. Uh, it's the same YouTube video I always watch, and I put it on on my iPhone by my bedside table as I go to sleep at night, and there's this office fan. Thoughts on that, oscillating office fan? I used to have an ex that could only sleep if there was a fan on in the room, and it drove me mad. Oh, really? Yeah. White noise, it really helps some people sleep. But yeah, not for me. It, it, yeah, it drives me a bit nuts. You're, you're in your hotel. Mm. The fake fire is blasting. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely and cosy. <laughs> it's keeping you warm. But you've also ordered a takeaway. And is that there? And is that warm? Or is that now gone a bit cold? <laughs> well, it arrived, let's say, about half an hour ago. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I feel bad. And now it's all right. And I may have eaten some of it already because I couldn't help myself. Have you been honest? Have, have, you, been, have you been staring angrily into that fake fire, watching the flame <laughs> flicker as you fill with rage? I mean, who are these guys? <laughs> so tell us, what is uh, the takeaway that you've ordered? Yeah, so obviously, given my background and heritage, I've got a wonderful Indian takeaway. Good man. And I've got it from the very famous sort of chain called Dishoom. Oh, lovely. Ah. And Dishoom do... Indian street foodie. Think of it as like Indian tapasy kind of food. Yeah. And it's from various parts of India. It's not one region. So you get a nice eclectic mix. Yeah. And there's and there's one here in Manchester, which was perfect. Can you talk me through your order? Because I've got your order in front of me. And I have to <laughs> say, Ranj, I'm not just being biased here. Yeah. But you've done the best Indian order 
of Indian food that I've seen that you've smashed it. It's so good. I think you've really smashed it out of the park. So that means you give you a list of names. You've beaten Josh Widdicombe, Simon Rimmer. There's some, there's some proper, you know, people who are really into their Indian foods there. <laughs> white guys there. Some proper white guys. <laughs> the only Indian guy we've had on the podcast smashes apart with the Indian food. Funny that. <laughs> so um, it's a healthy order. Take us through the dishes you've got. I love that you call it a healthy order, which is basically Indian code for big. It will be a healthy order for a family of 132. It's it's amazing. That's how my parents used to describe overweight people when we <laughs> yeah. were growing up. Like, oh, he's very healthy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've got in my healthy order, and that's not my words, chili chicken, which is really spicy, vegetable samosas, mutter paneer, which is basically a curry made with paneer, which is a type of Indian cheese, and peas, mm-hmm. a mushroom pepper fry, which is another mushroom-based curry, garlic naan, obviously. I also got some plain basmati rice with it as well, just thrown in. Basmati kheer, which is, this is dessert we're getting onto now, which is basically rice pudding with a little bit, I think they put some extra sort of fruity, spicy stuff on the top. I haven't, I haven't opened that one yet. Oh, nice. Oh, I've just rubbed my eye. Well done, Manj. Oh, <laughs> oh my word. Two things you don't do when eating Indian food. Rub your eye or go to the toilet. <laughs> well, at, least it, at least it now feels more like you are sat, like a, sat by a genuine fire. That's, it's kind of it's you. <laughs> You've managed to create more of that, that hot feeling. And what, and what was the last thing? Was it a mango lassi? Is that what you said? A mango lassi, which is oh, essentially okay. a, a mango-infused yogurt-based drink just to mm-hmm. try and take the edge off it all because it is really spicy. But this tastes mm. absolutely incredible. That is a superb order. Yep. And there's a few things I want to sort of go through. Let's just kind of to break this down. The first thing that sticks out for me is the choice of vegetable samosa. See, I'm all about the lamb samosa. I think it's just mm. one of the, the nicest things you can possibly eat. Why vegetable samosas? Why, why do you think that's a better alternative? So traditionally, as far as I'm aware, samosas don't usually contain meat. Ah. So I tend to go for vegetable samosas just in general. Right. Okay. That feels like the norm, the, the more regular way of having it. That's how we used to have it when we were growing up. I'm also the same with you, with you Ranch. I tend to prefer vegetables. I quite like them for two reasons. One is the vegetables are very nicely cubed up inside yeah. the samosas. <laughs> like peas are normal size, but the potato, they've got into a really tiny little cube. Yeah. Just to be clear, so you're saying that they definitely don't cube the pea. You're saying they're not, they're not taking the time to sort of <laughs> take off the, the sides from a pea to make it a cube shape. Because <laughs> I think in a kitchen, that would be the worst job you could be handed. <laughs> I'm the pea cuber. <laughs> wow. No, we're not that pedantic. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then the other thing is that I like it because I don't like the way that a lamb samosa, when you bite into it, crumbles away basically in your hand. The, the mince just sort of spills out. Exactly. And the mince hold, like, holds, often samosas are fried when they're made and the mince will hold the oil so it becomes quite stodgy. Yeah. You, you've also got the challenge, I think, with a samosa of if you're dipping your samosa in, uh, I don't know, some, mm. let's say it's a mango chutney for argument's sake. When you've got quite a lot of exposed uh, lamb or veg, you then have to try and figure out if you're going to bring the, the, the sauce up to the samosa yeah. or you dip the samosa in the sauce and then all the, all the filling sort of falls out. Oh, no. And then you just ruined your sauce. That is such a good point, Simran. In a communal setting where someone is dipping a half-bitten piece of samosa into a communal mango chutney and leaving, you know, the, the innards <laughs> in the bowl, it's such a, such a no. It's such a kind of no. an up yours to the rest of the group. I couldn't agree more. The next thing that stuck out for me, by the way, um, mm. is you were saying garlic naan, obviously. So why garlic naan, obviously? Because a lot of people would be, you know, there's different takes. And I'm more of a Peshwari naan person, but I'm aware that's probably a bit of a childish take. So I like Peshwari. I prefer Peshwari naan, actually, because it's mm. got that savoury, sweet kind of, mm. and it balances out all the other flavours in with your various other dishes. I think it goes, I love clashes of flavours. Mm. But I went garlic because they didn't do a Peshwari naan. <laughs> oh, right. And, um, <laughs> and I thought... I thought plain was a bit too boring. So I think people yeah. go for garlic because it's like garlic bread, isn't it? It's kind of like it's better than bread. Who Who is ordering plain naan? Mm. I don't understand that. What's the point? Are, are you a plain naan person, Sim? Uh, no, I'm a garlic naan guy. I don't like peshwari naan. Sometimes I quite like kima naan. Ooh. But Runge, growing up, 
would you eat a lot of Indian food? <laughs> is my question. <laughs> I feel like you probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, no, we did. So growing up, like the, the most common food that we ate at home was Indian food because obviously my parents made it. I'm from Northwest India, so I'm from Punjab. So it's Punjabi food. And every, if you know, every part of India has a slightly different sort of take on Indian food and the flavors and ingredients that they use and stuff. So when it came to a Friday night, for us, it used to be fish and chip night. I used to look forward to that. But a lot of people, my friends were like, oh my gosh, you get to have Indian food. It's amazing. I was like, yeah, but I wait. For, I live for Friday nights. <laughs> I, want, I want something different. I want fish and chips. <laughs> so, you, so fish and chip Fridays. Was it every Friday you had fish and chips? Was yeah. that your Really? We used to make our own chips and so we'd chip our own potatoes. So were you, buy, were you buying the fish from the fish and chip shop and then making the chips yourself? Or was it all homemade? No, no, no. The fish was bought from a supermarket. It was usually the stuff you get in a packet and you just whack in the oven. Ah, got you, got you, got you. And then homemade chips to go with that. And then homemade chips, yeah. Was it Punjabi food? Is that what you were saying? Mm. Is that the, yes. So, so what is it about that particular region? What sort of curries were your parents cooking or when you're growing up? What were you eating? We'd have a lot of meat. Yeah. So mainly chicken and lamb. Beef's not very commonly consumed in India at all. So it's mainly chicken and lamb. Lots of spicy dishes, vegetable dishes you could have what people would call aloo gobi, sarg, which is a spinach-based dish. Sarg, yeah. loads, of, loads of dals, so lentil, lentil soups, as people think of them. So various different types of dal. I don't know how to really describe it in a way that people would say, oh, yeah, that's Punjabi. And I was like, well, it kind of all just sounds Indian, really. <laughs> when you say you, 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 your, fr- your friends would say, you're so great, you get to eat Indian food all the time. So was, was, was there a point where you became bored of that sort of cuisine? And you, or, or, or is it something you've always loved? Or what's, what's been your relationship with that food? So growing up, I think I kind of got to a point where I was like, I want something different. Because... <laughs> We, I had a you know, limited exposure to food, as I would say, growing up. I, was, I had lots of great Indian food. It's fantastic. It was lovely. But having it over and over again, I kind of longed to try other things. And I never really got to try other types of cuisine until I was older, until I went to university. And I could kind of experiment and go to different places and try different things. And I love food. I love different flavors. And university was a time when my palate really opened up, I suppose. And I got to try different things. But I've got, I've got to admit, when I was growing up, I did get a little bit, I suppose, tired of eating the same stuff over and over. Was that the same with you, Sim? What I got used to was there was staple Indian food yeah. always yeah. in the freezer. Mm. And I guess in a way now, and Rhymes, I'm not sure if you feel the same, but I don't, with my partner, she's not Indian and I don't, I'm not living in a sort of Indian mm. household like I did when I was younger. Yeah. So... I don't have like this constant, like it could be for breakfast, it could be for lunch, it could be for, you, you, it's sort of always in the house and I don't yeah. have that anymore. And I kind of miss that. It's opened me up to a lot of different other cuisines that are constantly in there. There's lots of different varieties of foods, but my standard was I'd come home and I'd probably have dal and rice as an option. Yeah. That's really interesting. Every time there is a sort of dal and rice situation, mm. it takes you right back home. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if I actually think from uh, the white guy perspective, uh, that's why I've um, got this weird relationship with Sunday roasts. I'm so bored of Sunday roasts. There you go. I can't stand them. And I'm aware that it's clearly a great meal that other people like. And this isn't any comment on my mum, who's a brilliant cook. And I love when I go home and she cooks for me. But Sunday roasts for me was like every Sunday. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And I'm supposed to love them, but I just don't. I've got this relationship with them now that I can't break. Thing is, now that I don't have Indian food all the time, when I do have it, particularly when I have good Indian food, I really appreciate it. It's actually better, yeah. I think, not to have it all the time, so that when I do, it's so it just tastes so much better. Oh my gosh, this stuff is so hot, my head is sweating. So, what are you what are you eating at the moment? What, what, what are you biting at the moment? What, what's your first thing you've gone for? Oh my gosh! Oh, I went straight in for the chili chicken, and it's very chilly. It's very very yeah, heavy on the chili. Oh, and the back of my head is sweating. <laughs> Oh, and, oh and, can you describe the flavors, or is it just an overwhelming heat? <laughs> I see. Oh, no. <laughs> wow! I like spice, but crikey! <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a battered fried chicken, and it's got a very spicy kind of 
what seems like a tamarind-based sauce. Oh, nice. And then it's got some things that can sprinkle on it. So a bit of red onion, a bit of coriander, some green uh, spring onion in there as well. But the thing is, I've mixed it kind of up. I've got it all. I've got some rice on the side. I've just, sorry, I chomped on the vegetable samosa while we were chatting earlier. That's gone. Good man. Go for it. And then I've had the, the, the paneer has been in there. How are you with spice in general? Because like, I had a uh, Vietnamese banh mi baguette earlier, which had huh? loads of chilies through it. And as I was eating it, I thought, that's going to be a problem later, to be honest. <laughs> that's going to cause issues this evening. About three in the morning, I'm going to have to go to the... Well, let's not go into oh, details, no. but it's going it's to disrupt my night. <laughs> so how, how are you with spice in general? I love spice. I absolutely love spice. Don't get me wrong, it's an acquired thing. Spice is something you can kind of build yourself up with. There's a sweet spot with spice because it gets to a point where it makes the food taste so much better all of a sudden. Yeah. I don't know what it is. There's an extra layer of sensation that you get from the food then, which just makes it so much more enjoyable. But you have to, for the spice haters out there, you have to build yourself up. And when you get there, oh my gosh, it's good. When you're at home and you're thinking of getting a, a sort of takeaway, do you have a go-to and when you, when you order it, I'm interested to know where you eat it. Are you eating it in front of the telly? Are you eating it by the dinner table? Paint us a picture without it being too graphic. <laughs> it very much depends on what mood I'm in. So I live by myself. So often when I eat, I will just sit on the sofa and watch something whilst I'm doing it. I probably get takeout, I would say, about once, maybe twice a week, purely because of time factors. My go-tos will be things like sushi, sometimes pizza, curries, and that could be spanning everywhere from Indian, Thai, big fan of Nepalese food. That's lovely. Um, I love fusion, anything that's fusion. So a mix of different sort of regions is great. And then sometimes you just need good old chips. With fusion food, I think that I, I agree. I love fusion food where two places are named. Mm. I don't trust a place where it's 15 <laughs> different cuisines. Where we do yeah. Italian, Spanish, Chinese. It's like, I'm not going in that place. I don't trust. That's not fusion food. That is just someone trying to keep afloat and panicking. I'm also suspicious of fusion food that combines things that aren't naturally combined in the same way as you're saying, Crane. But this is more like if there's a uh, chicken tikka masala panini. I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, you know? <laughs> and when you're eating this, are you, are you, is it a plate on the lap? Have you got one of those sort of like table things that people have when they're watching telly? What's, what's the vibe? How are you doing it? Oh, gosh, you really want details, don't you? <laughs> I do, yeah. Let's, let's go into it. Well, well, usually I'll be in a onesie. Uh, I'll yes. be <laughs> uh, My slippers are on. Uh, yep. The fireplace is on the TV. And uh, I've got a plate in the lap. Just let you know, right? I, uh, I I just quickly dropped my family WhatsApp group a message to ask them what the difference is between Gujarati and Punjabi food. Yeah, and Raj, you're a Punjabi, yeah? Yes. Okay, so I come from a family of Gujaratis. My my dad's response was, "Guju food is all veg, dal rice, veg, veg, veg. We grow up weedy. Yeah. Punjabi food is tandoori. Says it all. Meat, meat, meat. You grow up big and strong. So the Punjabis <laughs> are strong." I think it's a week. <laughs> so you're a wee, you're, you're weedy, are you saying? You're saying that your people are weedy. Is that what your dad is saying? Yeah, my father's saying it. Your father's saying that. <laughs> Put it this way, Tom, Punjabi pe- people are what you would just, we would describe as healthy in Indian yeah, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> But not in Western terms. Got you, got you. So Dr. Arch, tell us, you're, you know, you've worked at hospitals. A lot of our chats are people having takeaways in their homes. Yeah. But you, I assume, will have eaten a lot in hospitals and probably may have even takeaways in hospitals. What's it like when you're on a shift and you're hungry and you've got to eat? And where do you eat? And what's like yeah. the most awkward place that you've eaten and that kind of thing? So the worst time, the worst time to be on shift in hospital is overnight, mm. purely because, one, it's tiring because nights are exhausting, as anyone that doesn't will know. But the provision for food overnight in hospitals is awful. Canteens are not open. Vending machines will just sell rubbish. So unless you've prepared food and taken it with you, it's always a real struggle to get decent food at nighttime, which is a real shame, I think. So sometimes, you know, if you've got a break and it's relatively okay, we might order, we might do, you know, a, an order in. And, and often it's just pizza, pizza in the sort of nurse's office. That's probably the commonest place that we will eat takeout. 
because I imagine the, the shifts of an overnight doctor are so relentless. It's very. Is it hard to know when your breaks are going to be? Because it's so, so determined yeah. on when patients are coming in, all that sort of stuff. So how are you finding the time to eat? What, 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 how, how are you factoring that into your evening? There are some, you know, certain rules that you're supposed to have a break after a certain number of hours, but that's in a best case scenario. We work in, well, I work in an A&E. You can't eat a baguette when you're performing surgery as well. That's another big one, isn't it? No, exactly. Well, yeah. Um, so I work in a <laughs> I work in A&E and it's very much taking breaks when, you know, you're most able to. And sometimes you'll go, you know, longer than you should do and you just have to grab a quick bite. This is the reality of it. And there are lots of people, especially now as things are quite busy in hospital, that will, you know, not have breaks for hours and hours and hours and then have to quickly grab something on the go, which isn't great, but that is the reality of what happens in the NHS at the moment. Absolutely. I can say from someone who does the job, which is nowhere near as stressful and full on as that, even in my work, that break, that point when you get to stop and eat and sort of just reset yourself in a working day is so vitally important. <laughs> sorry, sorry, just to interrupt for one second. I'm glad Crane has accepted there's a difference between working in A&E and being a comedy writer. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well in many ways, I think, I think um, comedy heals the wounds of the nation. So I think it, it's kind of, it's, <laughs> it's not that dissimilar. But what I can, well, I can say, from my lame, unimportant job, I know that feeling, that that need to stop. And it must be so difficult when you're doing a job which is so exponentially more difficult and stressful. So you mentioned earlier about going to uni and opening up your mind to different new cuisines. Talk us through that. What what, what were you eating? What What were these first takeaways that you were having and these first foods that really sort of blew your mind at that stage? Going out to restaurants, Turkish restaurants, Indian restaurants, Italian ones. I mean, I was a student, remember, so I wasn't being extravagant. But those sorts of things, just sort of broadening out my sort of repertoire of food was just so much more fun all of a sudden. It was like, oh my gosh, there's all this and all that that I've never, ever tried before. Sushi, for crying out loud. I hadn't tried, I think, until I was 26. <laughs> I mean, it sounds unbelievably sort of first world problems. When I say, oh my gosh, I hadn't had sushi until I was 26. <laughs> but I love sushi, absolutely love it. And obviously, it's a staple cuisine of a certain part of the world. So. I think it was a shame that I didn't get to experience that till later. But I, you know, now that's why I, I love food so much because I get to try all sorts and, and, and I endure it. And, and what about the sort of the other side of sort of student life? Uh, the sort of 3 a.m. staggering home, drunk <laughs> after a night out sort of food. Let, let's talk about that for a bit. You've chucked in the word sushi. We're all impressed with that. Well done. Uh, but- <laughs> Except you've not, you've not filled any of us. Come yeah, exactly. on, we're talking kebab. <laughs> what are you getting? <laughs> yeah. So what, what's the situation there? I hate kebabs. I'm really sorry. I, I, it's kebabs were never the thing for me. I'm so sorry. Oh, interesting. It's the late night kebab that I'm not a massive fan of. Where you're not quite sure where the meat has come from. I'm not really a big fan of that kind of thing but isn't that the exciting part it's like a scratch card you know what you're gonna get it's no, no, it's <laughs> the real buzz <laughs> it's not that much of a mystery don't <laughs> will i crunch into an eyeball <laughs> what's no. it gonna be it's gonna be pure meat no. who knows <laughs> not a fan of meat roulette I, I, well, so i i still occasionally stagger home at three o'clock in the morning not that often and i live opposite a 24-hour organization that is characterized by golden arches yes uh, I may yeah. pop into there occasionally. That's always open. If not, I always have an emergency pizza in the freezer. Ah. Always. That is clever. Yeah. What is the pizza? Is it a margarita? Is it a American? What are we talking? So if I'm going to have a pizza, it's got to be margarita because I don't like fancy pizza. A bit like I don't like fancy chocolate. I like it back to basics. The real, you know, the core stuff, the cheese, the tomato maybe a bit of basil on top. I often put add some Tabasco or something to it just for a bit of kick. But classic, you can't beat a decent, good, classic margarita. And are, you, are we talking thin-based, stone-baked sort oh, of thin, style? Yeah. Or, okay, okay. Got to be thin-based because if it's too thick, if it's too thick, it becomes too doughy and all you're tasting is sort of the bread. What you want to do is have the right ratio of topping to base. And I think the thin base, look at me getting all technical. No, it's great. That's exactly what we want. And then are you, are you fussed by dips as well? Do you want something to pop that pizza in or are you just having it on its own? Nah, 
Oh, okay. Now nah, on its own with a bit of with a bit of Tabasco for a bit of kick. Boom, done. Interesting. You, I mean, you've mentioned the golden arches, and we can't sort of leave that untapped. Uh, what is your go-to McDonald's order then? If you're in there, what, what are you getting <laughs> at three in the morning? Nuggets. That's <laughs> <laughs> really bad, isn't it? Six, nine, fifteen. I can't remember the uh, increments. I'm, I'm going to say six. Yep. Going to say six. It's not always been six, but I'm going to say six. <laughs> 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 yeah, the nuggies, chicken nuggies at about three a.m. And nothing with it. No chips. None of that business. Maybe some fries. Maybe maybe a fillet of fish in there as well. The order's growing. Maybe a milkshake. I, I definitely have not woken up in the morning on the sofa with a box of nuggets in my lap ever. Ever. Yeah. And, and you're saying that that's definitely never happened. And you've never woken up with a box of nuggets and then some uh, opened dip there as well on the floor. No. Never, never. <laughs> I've never woken up with my milkshake uh, dripping down from the sofa onto the carpet. Never, that's oh, never happened. No. And, and, and you've never not cleaned it up for a couple of days. Oh, just me. Oh, okay. no! <laughs> oh, what animals, Simran? Oh, no. no, I'm joking. Of course, obviously, I clean up after myself. Christ's sake, I'm a 36-year-old man. <laughs> Sim, how much would it affect your life if you lived directly opposite McDonald's? Because I would quadruple in size within a week. Basically, I've got this association with, if I've had a stressful day, I like to sort of reward myself with something which probably isn't that great with me, which may be something I need to address. But I would find that I would probably find some kind of excuse to go in there two or three times a week if I lived directly opposite. I mean, look, it's going to be really hard to not do that. I guess the first thing I'd probably do is find out if there was any sort of loyalty system. <laughs> so... <laughs> Because you know how certain uh, popular schools, there's a catchment area. If that's the case with the McDonald's, because you live so yeah. close to it that you get some sort of privileged access. It's the point you're going in and they're saying the usual, sir, as you approach the till is probably <laughs> the point you <laughs> need to have a look at the way you're living your life. Fortunately, never got to that stage. Are you, are you two, you're quite sort of uh, a healthy eater, eater who sort of treats himself occasionally. Would you say that's about where you are? Absolutely. Yeah. My opinion about food, and this is as a as a healthcare professional, is that there's no such thing as bad food. I don't like demonising food because I think you get into really tricky territory when you start doing that. There is good food, and there is food that is better for you. Yeah, but it's all about quantity and context, isn't it? Sure, if you ate, for example, fries every single day for a month, you wouldn't be very well. But if you eat them occasionally, you can enjoy them and it would be absolutely fine. And that's the point. Try to do the best that you can. Remember, we are living in a cost of living crisis at the moment as well. Mm. So people's choices and what they're able to afford is affected as well. So we've got to be realistic. Try to do the best you can, but don't beat yourself up. Occasionally, we all need something nice. Occasionally, we all need a garlic naan and chili chicken. <laughs> I'm going to record that and play it every morning and evening. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the word occasionally, Simran. Occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll edit that out. We'll edit that out and I'll see it loud and bad when I'm entering McDonald's for the fourth time that day. Simran going to a recording booth in Soho to record the word always so he can dub it over <laughs> <laughs> Spending loads of money just so it's... Quite, you haven't quite got Ryan's voice down. I'll try it again. <laughs> on that, in terms of people's relationship with food, which I think is a really interesting area, you, you uh, presented a show about extreme food phobias. Do you want to tell us a bit about that and what you found most interesting, what you kind of learned from it and what, what we can sort of take from it? With um, food phobia... The technical term for it is ARFID. It's a food aversion. As well. These are individuals who have very restricted eating and often can only eat a small number of different foods. Some of them you know, will never eat a vegetable or will never eat fruit or will only eat beige food or carb or starchy-based food because they just can't stomach the thought of eating something and physically aren't able to either. It's a real... They develop a real phobia of it. And what I learned, interestingly about it, is that well, more often than none, it could be traced back to a bad experience they had as a kid that was never resolved. Interesting. So a couple of people had a choking episode on a certain type of food. And from there, they stopped eating that food. And then they developed a negative association with various other foods. And because of that, their safety foods, the amount of foods they could eat, just shrank. And then they have never been able to break out of that. That's really interesting. 
with a bit of focus therapy, you can change someone's life. And you re- and, and we did in a short space of time for a lot of people. So, so how sort of um, particular are some of these food phobes in terms of in terms of the only things that people eat? It's a spectrum of severity. Really, there were some people who'd never eat, who hadn't eaten vegetables in about thirty years. No veg, no fruit. Uh, there were people who survived on diets of Yorkshire puddings mainly. Right. Okay. There was a chap, a lovely guy, who ate something like forty bags of crisps a week. Uh, and there was a gentleman, young guy in his twenties, training to be a um, sports professional, who ate something like thirty bars of chocolate a week. Like it ranged right from. <laughs> people who would only eat one type of thing to people who would just eat lots and lots and lots of one thing. If you could see me, I'm taking notes being like, okay, so 40 bags of crystals over. <laughs> uh, any chocolate that I like. Not good. <laughs> Not, Not good. good. Do, do you have any foods that you have a strange relationship with? Are there things that you can't go near? I don't necessarily now. There's two, yeah. there's two things as a kid that I didn't enjoy and then I de- almost developed a phobia. Sweet corn was one. Oh. Why was that? So I used to like sweet corn a lot as a kid. We used to have it at school dinners. And I wasn't well once and I threw up and loads of sweet corn came out. I'm a bit weirded out that it doesn't change shape or no. It just basically rides rides you like a log flume, which I find slightly weird. It's in and out. (laughs) What is going on there? At least have some kind of acknowledgement that what's happened. Interesting (laughs) choice of words, yeah. It's because um, humans aren't able to digest cellulose, are they? That's why. I thought it was that actually. Yeah. Can you explain what that what that is? Cellulose is a fruit sugar that we cannot digest, and but it makes up plant walls, plant cell walls. So sweet corn, it, the, the outside of the sweet corn is predominantly cellulose, and I guess that's why it comes out looking like it went in. Interestingly, the other thing was sausages. Oh, sausages used to make me feel really unwell and then for a really long time i just couldn't stomach the thought or smell of sausages and now as an adult i'm all about the sausage so yeah <laughs> so, so where do you think that came from was, was there a particular moment was there a particular moment when that happened or was it what happened what's the what's the sausage moment what are you talking about here <laughs> yes a very good point actually the the edible sausage oh no once again that's not helping uh, the, uh, <laughs> The sausage from the butchers. Like my parents used to make us eat them because they, I guess they thought that they were nutritious and I just got sick of them and I found them a bit gristly. I didn't really like that at all. And, and it was just, okay. yeah, it was just, no, it's not, wasn't the texture and the taste just wasn't for me. But I, I think as I grew up and I started having what I call posh sausages from the supermarket, by the way, I'm still referring to, then I thought, actually, they can be quite nice when, you know, with the posh ones, they're not bad. So you were at uni and you were yeah. avoiding kebabs, but you would occasionally have... <laughs> uh, 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 the, uh... That makes you sound like uh, screaming and running down the road. We saw someone holding one. <laughs> Into oncoming traffic. No garlic and chilli sauce. No garlic and chilli sauce. <laughs> but then, but then when, you, when you started working, did you start to cook more at home? Or were you still a sort of takeaway person? I, I would definitely try to cook more, but it was always simple stuff. I wouldn't say I was very ambitious. I mean, if you gave me a recipe and a set of instructions and ingredients and here, make that, I could make it. My thing was always time and the preparation time and the cooking time. Um, I'd enjoy doing it when I did do it. It's just, I just didn't have enough time to go through all of that. Obviously, when I did Cooking with the Stars last year, I kind of really sat down and, and learned the art of cooking and it completely changed everything. And I thought, right, that's it. That's something I am going to do more of now because I do love it and it tastes great. So why not? And what sort of things would you cook? What, what, what sort of things do you enjoy cooking now? Or anything from paella through to butter chicken curry, which I absolutely love. I've made oh, my samosas, onion bhajis. Salmon on croute. I learned how to make that. It's absolutely amazing. Anything and everything, really. What do you think was the biggest challenge on that show when you were having to cook under pressure with unfamiliar ingredients? What was the thing that you found most challenging? Uh, not cutting my own fingers off was okay. probably <laughs> the most challenging thing. There are a few hairy yeah. moments. There are a couple of times when I 
was in a rush and I may have stuck my fingers in oil trying to fish out samosas. That's a bad idea. Oh, no. <laughs> well, straight into the oil. Yeah, but yeah, when, you're, when you're up against it, you totally forget, don't you? Did you find the cooking on telly with people watching and you knowing you're going to be judged, did it focus you? Oh, my gosh. Like, you have an hour to cook uh, this huge meal. So yeah. it definitely focuses you. And I was very much in the zone. And I had a couple of hairy moments. I had a couple of um, cook-offs. Um, I had a cook-off against um, Dame Kelly Holmes. My, my churros beat Dame Kelly Holmes. And what was the other cook-off? A beef wellington. Oh, now, Ranj, I cooked six beef wellingtons in the past two months. What? <laughs> I've been I've been obsessed with beef Wellingtons. That sounds like you're re- you're really weirdly competitive, Simran. Like you're just <laughs> well, that sounds like the sort of the sort of lie someone would do in like year ten at school when someone's mentioned they've just cooked a beef Wellington for the first time. I've cooked six wow. in the last two months. I mean that's impressive. So I cooked a beef Wellington in a cook off against Joe Wilkinson. Oh, Joe's a Joe's a friend. Yeah, he's brilliant. He was the cook-off assassin, by the way. Was he? Yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody wanted to. He'd had his fair share of cook-offs. No one wanted to be up against him because he always won. Why? Why have you cooked six beef Wellingtons in two months, Sim? Yeah, I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with them for some reason. I just thought I want. I want to nail it. I want to make it really good. I decided first. Uh, at Christmas Day to do two, and then I did another two. So actually, it's it, it's less than it than it sounds. But Raj, when you did the beef Wellington, it's out of interest. <laughs> did you have a soggy bottom? Because that, <laughs> that was my biggest issue. All right, it wasn't the meat was always right. That was that was always perfectly cooked, but it was just just soggy down there. Oh right, I mean I had a clammy gusset. Um, okay. It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't too bad. I mean, you've got an hour, remember, and I'd never made it before. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah, flying nice. by the seat of my soggy pants, as it were. I don't know if we should mention at this point, Simran, that this episode is brought to our listeners from beefwellington.com. They're the sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> and we get three grand if we mention Beef Wellington 40 times in the episode. <laughs> we need to do another seven and we'll be fine. <laughs> it was fun. I, I really enjoyed that. And that definitely gave me confidence to do a bit more of it. And certainly since then, I've enjoyed food a lot more because I think a lot more about how it's made yeah. and, and what goes into it. And it's definitely, definitely improved my sort of enjoyment of food. Raj, we've got a, a question we sort of ask a lot of our, our, our guests. And as we start to wrap up, do you have any takeaway guilty pleasures or has anything gone really badly wrong when, when you've ordered a takeaway and how have you handled it? Takeaway guilty pleasures. I did once order curry and chips from two different restaurants because I had a real hankering for it. <laughs> not, honestly, if no one's tried it before, Dal and Chips is amazing. Oh, so that's a you come for, for an actual curry with chips. Okay, so rather than yeah. like the curry sauce and chips you get in a fish and chip shop, oh, this is a game changer. Does that work? No, curry sauce isn't real. Back away, white boy. Back away. <laughs> that's amazing. This genuinely is a revolutionary thought to me. Curry on chips works. Yeah. Is it nice, is it? And what curry are you going for? Dal and chips is really nice. So red lentil dal is absolutely gorgeous on chips. Try that. It'll change your life. Well, you, you, you said you love fusion food, didn't you? And this, this is the fusion food you've been talking about. <laughs> and the other, the, well, the, uh, when's it gone wrong? Oh, do you know what? The, the day before we started filming Cooking with the Stars, I ordered a chicken burger. I was like, I'm not going to cook. I'm tired. I just need something quick and easy. Ordered a chicken burger. Went and got food poisoning, didn't I? Oh, no. no. Absolutely horrendous. I had to leave early on the first day to throw up. And of all the, sh- all the things you don't want to have to be doing when you've got food poisoning the next day is go in and cook a huge meal for people as well. It was ro- I felt so ropey. But for a moment then, I, I may have had to pull out of the competition altogether and I never would have got to the final. And you wouldn't have got to cook your, say the word one more time, you wouldn't have got to cook your... My beef wellington. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, should, that should satisfy our sponsors. The other question would be, what about things that annoy you about takeaway food? Are there things that frustrate you? You know what's really frustrated me? What really frustrates apart from with Indian food, is when, I know that they do it now because of environmental reasons, is when you don't get cutlery. So no, I normally don't want oh, yeah. them to send me, don't send me a fork and a knife because you've got those at home. When you don't get chopsticks, it really annoys me because I was like, the beauty of... Chinese and Japanese food is to eat it with chopsticks because it's part of the experience. 
And so but it doesn't matter with Indian food because Indian food, you're supposed to eat with your hands, by the way. Anyone listening out there, if you are eating your Indian food with a fork and a knife, there's something wrong with you. What you need to be doing, have it with your hands. It tastes better. That's part of the reason why Indian food is served with either rice or some sort of bread or naan or something. You use that as the conduit to get the food together. So garl, you can't eat with your hands. But if you mix it with rice or you scoop it up with a bit of bread, that's the point. That's how you're supposed to eat it. And your food actually tastes better. So is, is that how you eat your, when you're eating Indian food at home or even in a restaurant, would you be eating without cutlery? It, it depends who I'm with. <laughs> right, okay. It depends how much I'm going to be judged. But actually eating it with your hands is so much more fun. So talking about Indian food, we have your order, which I presume is now nearly done. But what I'd love you to do, Ryan, is just, let's just go over your order again and just tell us how it was. What was your favorite bit? Oh, gosh. So I started off with the chili chicken, which almost blew my head off and made the back of my neck sweat. That was nice. <laughs> that was a good experience. It was lovely, actually. Really enjoyable. But if you've got a sensitive disposition, I'd be careful. Um, <laughs> vegetable samosas, lovely. Very, very satisfying. The mutter paneer, which is the sort of paneer and pea curry, that was lovely. Really nice and rich, actually. Mushroom pepper fry, which is a mushroom-based curry. So mushrooms and curries taste a lot like meat. That was quite nice. It was quite a meaty curry, I would say. The garlic naan was great. Great way to scoop it all up. I had um, a bit of rice with that plain rice, just to kind of bring it all together. A bit of raita, which is the like, cooling yogurt-based condiment. I've um, had half my mango lassi, which was actually really nice. I enjoyed that. And I'm saving my, my uh, rice pudding for dessert. Amazing. So that's, that's the shoom. One, one brief thing, though, no, no poppadoms, I noticed. So you, you decided not to go with poppadoms to start. Is, are, you, are you not a fan? I'd rather get to the, to the main stuff, really. If I, if I fill okay, up on okay. poppadoms, then I, then I don't have an appetite for, for the good stuff. It's like the problem with me normally is I fill up on starters, and by the time it gets around to mains, I'm already, <laughs> I'm already done. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So yeah, so I was I was pacing myself today. I love starters so much. I would rather a world where main courses don't exist and it's purely starters <laughs> and the other way around. I'm not quite sure what a weird universe that is, but I, I, I'm so much of a fan of starters. I definitely take that as the option. Absolutely. <laughs> That's my new sci-fi novel. <laughs> a world where only starters exist. <laughs> Dr. Ranch, thank you so much for giving up your, your time. Uh, I, I really do appreciate it when you, as we say, you could, be, could have been relaxing in your hotel. I'm so glad the food was delight. So that was, that was Deshoom, which obviously has a number of branches across the country. I, I love Deshoom as well. Um, a big shout out, I'll say, to their, their breakfast naans. If you've ever had oh, a breakfast naan yeah. from Deshoom, it's one of the nicest things you'll ever eat. Bacon, it's got this sort of like spicy ketchup and also kind of a cream cheese that runs through it. You were moaning about fusion food earlier. You were yeah, moaning about... <laughs> You've got a breakfast naan with ketchup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an Indian spiced ketchup. It's not just like Heinz, whack it on the bottom. Sure, bottle. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It has a... Uh, yeah. It's got it's a very much... of cumin in it. We're done. Exactly. A nod and a <laughs> wink to India. But it's a, one of my favourite breakfasts. Thank you so much for giving your time. Yeah, thank you. That was really fun. Thank you. It's an absolute joy. And enjoy what's left of your meal. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can contact the show on Twitter at FaveTakeawayPod or Instagram on My Favorite Takeaway Podcast. You can email us with your stories of takeaway, woe, gripes, your worries on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com. So that was a brilliant 
Dr. Ranj there. Um, what a lovely man. What a just what a great chat that was. Did you enjoy that, Sim? I love that. And I love that he was in Manchester and he loved that he ordered the shoom. And I love that he was such a nice guy. And I love that he also took a really good selfie, which is up on our Instagram. <laughs> Probably the best selfie we've had in the whole of the, uh, the whole of the history of this show. There has to be a <laughs> ring light working there. It's too professional. He looks too It's so good. I was like, this is insane. And selfies go like he has mastered a selfie. Exactly. I don't think I've ever looked anything other than ill in a photo, but he looks beautiful. He looks like he's, uh, <laughs> he radiates health. There's one thing that uh, I want to quickly mention, Sim, which really leapt out at me. I love the fact that he ordered chips and dal from two different takeaways and then combining them to make a dream takeaway. And that's a thing that he likes to do, um, like a proper sort of fusion takeout. Is that a thing you've ever done? Do you ever order from two separate places and combine? I actually don't think I've done that. But I think what I have done is order from the same place twice. And there's a moment of hesitation where I've ordered something from, say, Pizza Express. I've done my order, but I've forgotten to get dough balls. Like, how, how have I done that? And then I think, am I going to order just that again? Or do I just suck it up? <laughs> An irrational human would say suck it, suck it up. Wouldn't suck they? it up, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I can't have this without this. And I forgot that. So I should rectify it. But this is obviously mad to do that. And actually, I don't do that often because otherwise I'd be completely broke. <laughs> yeah. It just wouldn't work. But I do wonder, how, how many times, do, if you've regretted the takeaway that you've ordered, do you then order another takeaway from either the same place or somewhere else? I don't think anyone would do that, would they? Oh, right. Well, so I'm just a minority of one here. You'd have to be so Alan Sugar level wealthy to be going, I'm going to add a second takeaway because I'm not happy with the first one. I'm not saying I'd do it. I'm saying I think about it. <laughs> I'm scrabbling the pennies to together for the first one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, because not, not, not only is it pretty unaffordable, it's also embarrassing if the same guy turns up again. I completely agree. To give you just the doubles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fascinated to know if anyone uh, who's listening does that. Uh, and if they are get in contact and also send us some money because you clearly have too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was Dr. Ranch. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us again, uh, dear listeners. If you want to spread the word, as always, I say, stick a five-star review, tell your friends that you enjoyed us. Uh, you can also email the show, as I said earlier, on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com. We want to hear your stories about things that annoy you about takeaways. And we can't wait to be back with you next week. So we say goodbye in unison, Simran, in three, two, one. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.